Thank you. So let's just thank you, Lord. Lord, we just invite your presence. <laughs> He's already here, but we increase. Lord God, we ask you just increase your tangible presence. Lord, we just say, Lord God, we thank that heaven is opened in this place, God. Lord, I thank you, God, that your kingdom come and your will be done here today as it has already begun, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that as we are ambassadors of heaven, Lord God, as we stir ourselves up, heaven and the atmosphere changes here in this room. Lord, as we focus on you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are seated upon that throne, that you look at us as your children and you delight in us, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that we can get happy. Lord, I thank you that we can get happy and your spirit is poured out upon us, God, without measure, God. Release it this morning. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. Increase right now your awareness of you. Come on, you guys, I pray that. Come on. I don't want to do all the work in here. Come on. Come on, right now, you guys are literally uh, a connection of heaven here. You make it a lot easier for me if you guys just go after Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, we just say, Holy Spirit, we just want your way today. We want your way today, Lord God. Lord, our desire is to become more like you. Lord God, you promised, Jesus, before you left, you said that you would release your spirit upon us, that we would do things even greater than you did as you walked this earth. And Lord God, I'm not there yet, so I want more. Lord, let us learn to be on that journey, God. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would just come and infuse us from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, God. Lord, I pray right now that we'd have an encounter this morning. Lord, that you, each one would have an individual encounter with you. That they wouldn't just be looking for a word. They weren't looking for just another message. But Lord, they'd be encountering you. Lord, that they would say, I am boldly seated in heavenly places this morning. And I choose to open my eyes as my place in heaven and actually re see heaven invade this place. Let's go here for a second. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. It's interesting. We were down in... Um, it was only like two weeks ago, we're down at Bethel, and Pastor Bill, who's incredible, uh, we're, we're, Brent, we're church is covered by Bethel, BLN members, it's incredible, but Papa Bill shared a message, he had 30 minutes, they gave him 30 minutes, and that's all he was going to get, because Chris was after, Chris Walton was after him, and he said, straight, he said, Bill, you're not allowed to go over, because he wanted his 30 minutes, talking to us leaders, and it's incredible, because He's got his, what is he going to share? He's got a room, about 120 of us leaders that are really connected. And he, what does he share? He goes right back to the very thing. He opened up Matthew 6 again. And he said this. This is out of, actually, he said it out of the King James Version, New King James Version. But I'm reading out of the Passion Bible. Whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love attention and receive while praying. Before others in the meeting and on street corners, believe me, they've already received their full reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God, for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them since your Father already knows what you need before you ask him. But pray this. And this is where he goes. Our Father... Dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. He, I got we got actually, I feel like I grew up with the new, this stuff. I need to read this just because Matthew 6 again. Just I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer at the beginning here. Uh, our Father, heaven, help be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. It's such a simple phrase, but he broke it down again because he said something that just, actually there was people on his staff like Paul Mannering, he said he just never heard Bill even say it again like this. He said, yeah, and I'll jump to it in a second here. In, in Matthew 28, we call it the Great Commission. But Bill made a point. He says, no, the greatest commission is in Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is the greatest commission to us. And that is that everything we do, we should have an understanding that we are bringing heaven to earth. That is our very mandate. Our very, very mandate. It was, a, it was incredible. Um, the next day, Paul Manoring spoke a message, and you guys can watch it if you have Bethel TV. It's worth watching. And he actually described that in their culture, uh, that everything comes down to one thing. And that is, if you cut anything down in their culture, it comes to this right here. Let heaven come. Let heaven invade this place. Is heaven actually manifesting here on earth? That is what we're called to, right? And we get excited about that. Because then we got to jump over to Matthew 28. The Great Commission. So he's, he's speaking to the disciples. Um, Meanwhile, 11 disciples heard a wonderful news from the, from the woman and left for Galilee to the mountain. This is verse, uh, sorry, 28, verse 16. To the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still lingered doubts. And Jesus came close to him and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, whoever you, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I commanded you, and never forget that I am the every day, I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. So what does it say to teach them all that he commanded? Jesus only taught them one prayer. That was Matthew 6. Bring heaven to earth. So are we bring heaven to earth? Well, let's just be honest. I wish I was every day. I try to bring it when I can. But how do we get there? That's what I've just praying and going, Lord, I've been, I know last time I preached, I preached on being ambassadors, and that's incredible because you need to know who you are. And I, I've been just getting, Lord, give us keys. How do we get to, to live Matthew 28? How do we actually get there? Because a lot of us are like, we're hungry. This room is hungry. It's interesting. Here at Windward, I, we're pretty intense. No, for real. As a church, I just heard uh, actually something being shared, and, it's, and they were talking about, and it was actually a good talk. They weren't beating up a lot of churches. They just said, don't, because there's been a lot of, after Easter, there was a lot of fun things churches did, and so there's been a little bit of ridicule against some, oh, look, the church does that just because the big church has money. But the guy was talking, he's like, no, 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 don't blame, beat them up. The truth is that you've, we've created a culture we need to, to be entertained. And they actually talked about the fact that most churches can't become too big because they can't, we can't handle the truth. But we have to, you have to keep it watered down to keep people happy. But I, here, I'll tell you one thing, we don't water it down as much as we can. And I'm just glad you're here. But let's declare it's a new day and that's going to change. It's a new day because, you know what, the watered-down gospel does not work. This is the real deal, and the real deal actually, this is the biggest reason. When I say watered-down, what I mean is, is we actually realize that God in that Bible is talking about us needing to do something. That's what it comes down to, but we don't like that. I'm supposed to be like, hey, it's all been done for you. Yes, it did. It was all done. Last week, we celebrated Easter. Jesus died. 
on that cross so that we could have everything. It's all been paid for. It's all been paid for. He came out of that, that tomb and it is completely paid for and he gave us the keys. We have everything we need, but we're not a, we're not a socialist kingdom. We can't. We live that way too much. We expect everything just to be given to us, but there's a process. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The process God brings us on. And actually the process, I spoke about a year ago on part of this, uh, I just felt to bring it back in, is because constantly I feel like that's where we get stuck. I feel like so often we have this idea that we want to look like this, we want to be operating Matthew 28, we want to be casting out demons, we want to do all that stuff, and then we get frustrated because it's not happening. And then you get told we can go to some meetings, which are good, and they're going to give you 10 steps in one, sh- one weekend, and you're going to come out of that doing all this stuff. But for, I'm not that old yet, but I'm realizing it doesn't work that way. Now, those steps are good. The problem is those steps take time to walk through. It doesn't happen overnight. Somebody was asking me, because we've been praying for the sick all the time, they're like, well, how come it doesn't always happen in Kevin, and, and uh, you guys just don't have it, and, and, I, and, I, and if it's all paid for, Kevin, why is it just not happening? And I'm like, because he's not a genie. He's not a genie that we just rub our lamp. There's actually, he's crying out for relationship. Because if, I, if, if, if you watch it, because as soon as somebody gets that, they just completely, and it's amazing, and God's just moving around them, then they just get elevated, and then she dies off because there was nothing to be built. There was no true relationship. We get, we get these amazing words, incredible words. The thing is, is that they're like this big, or like this big, way, t- way bigger than me, right? And God is about walking us on a journey. He's actually about caring, about growing us. Because if he puts, Chris right here, I'm like, oh, I thought you are hearing my message again last time you, he was picking on you. It's a good thing. But he's got this huge word over his life. There's words that God has so much for him. But if God just dropped it on right now, he'd be crushed by it. God's into, gro- into actually growing people. He's actually into saying, hey, I love you. Dad's not going to give. I'm not, I want my kids to do amazing things, but I'm not going to be like, hey, hey, start driving, Elisha, right now. You're, you're eight years old. Here's the keys. Just go for it because I bless you because I'm a good daddy. No, I want him to learn and grow, and I'm going to teach him and bring him understanding and so he doesn't just go kill himself. But we're such a fast food generation that we just want it now. Give it to me now. We don't want to pay any price. Mm. Whew. There we go. Go home. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Banning Leapshire is. He's, uh, he runs Jesus Culture. Um, his personality he shares very much like he's such a driven personality. And he's always dreaming of the next thing. And he goes one day with, uh, I've shared this before, but he, I just love this. He goes to Bill Johnson, who's a, his spiritual father. He's like, Bill. It's actually doing an interview. It's like, tell us how you wake up and you dream about how you're creating Bethel and all this stuff. And, and Bill looks at him and goes, oh, Banning, I, I, don't, I don't dream about that. No, no, like, how did this get created and all this stuff? And he goes, nothing. I, I don't, that's not who I am. I wake up and say, God, what do you have for today? I'm in a process. I'm not trying to do, be outside of my lane. He stays in his lane. Nehemiah, I've talked about it before, Nehemiah, uh, and when he, it talks about when they were building the wall, rebuilding the wall. They only built what's in front of them. 
They didn't get caught up, it's over here and over here. So, of course, Banning makes a joke of it and says, oh yeah, of course, that's all I believe too. Um, he says he's working on that. But, it's, but then he shares about how when he was actually driving a Bob Jones back, um, late Bob Jones back to the hotel, and he says, Bob, if you could get me one thing of advice for, like, for this generation being risen up, he says, what would you say? He goes, oh, that's simple. He says, stop racing to get into the inner court and first spend time dying in the outer court. That's Bob Jones for you right there. We're so quick that we want everything, but you don't realize you, until you sit. I get the opportunity. I sit with people like Brent and other men of God, and you, there's a, been a process in their life. They didn't just get here overnight. They've had to learn. Ask Sharon. They've had to learn. They've had to walk. They, the, the things that we go, oh, that's incredible with Brent and even with all the restoration stuff he's involved with, he had to get there from walking through things. We have to realize that God is in the process, and he is the teacher. And so this is the coolest thing. Well, it's not cool sometimes for us, but guess what? When does the student get to pick what they're being taught? Think about it. We're always like, hmm, I see that guy. He's doing miracles over there. Okay, God, teach me that. Teach me that. And God's like, mm, Kevin, I'm over here right now. I'm trying to teach you patience. Trying to teach you some long suffering there, buddy. Like, no, but that's what I want to learn. And it's like, and then we're striving all the time going over here, and God's just waiting, going like a good daddy. Okay, I love, I love you, buddy. I love it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you because he said, he, he, he's given us his spirit. So things will happen. You know what, oh, this is something that people need to realize, at least what I've learned and what I've, other people have agreed in is so many times, especially when you first get fired up, it's amazing what miracles happen. You, man, when you first are like, just like, wow, this is crazy, and also bam, 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 and all of a sudden, it feels like it's dying off, but you're still hungry, and it's, it's like the Lord's saying, come, come and actually know me. I'm a miracle worker. I'm going to show you my goodness, get you excited. Ivan Roman used to always talk to me, call them the flash aheads. They're flashes. He's giving you a hunger thing. He's showing you what can be, and he's saying, come on, now, now get to know me. It says in... Uh, Actually, where was that? Well, we know in the verses, I'm going to just show it to you because I didn't read it. I'll slow down a bit here. <laughs> Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the, for the glory of kings to search out a matter. Actually, I want to read that in, in uh, the Passion because... That's powerful already. Like, it's the same word. I'm not, just because I'm reading out of the Passion doesn't mean it gets more power on it. I like it because it just explains it in another way. That's a big, I love reading different translations just for that, because it gets you excited. You're like, whoa! God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how thoroughly they search out the deeper meaning of all that God says and how they thoroughly search out. He actually desires us to be searching out his goodness, searching out his word. And that can be on a Sunday morning, that's incredible, but that's just a taste. It's you getting and actually building your own history with God. 
We need to build our own history with the Savior. We need that secret place. It's, it's, there's something about our relationship. It's because we can't expect to get the fruits of everything if we're actually not being part of him. We do it so often. And, you know, God is good. So I'm, I'm trying to be very gracious here. But the reality is we have to talk about truth. If you're living in a bunch of sin and, living in a, and not living well, it's when you're praying for people, you're probably not going to have the same results. Now, God is good. Because I've watched it. I've watched ministries because of the hunger of people for God. He will use a man or a woman even in their sin. So don't, don't ever qualify your life by the miracles you have in your life. Or even the favor. It actually says, uh, I have that in my notes somewhere. But it says that, remember when Jesus said, I don't know you? You're doing this miracle signs. Whatever. That's what he's talking about. I don't know you. You understand because dude, the devil knows how to work. He knows this Bible. He understands it. He's actually brilliant. If we could ever get to know it as well as he does, he uses it all the time against us. He used it against Jesus, but Jesus knew it right. He misuses it. Hear me right. Very clearly, look at that camera. The devil misuses the word. He is not the word. He's lost. He's definitely lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's jump to... Uh, Philippians 4, 10 to 13. I'm going to read this out of the Passion. My heart overflows. This is Paul. With joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support of ministry. For even though you so little, you have so little, you still continue to help me at every opportunity. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I've lacked, I have learned to satisfy in any circumstance. I know what it is means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Where was he trained? Through life. Through life, you guys. I have learned, if I can get anything past today, is a little, again, I'm, not, I'm in a journey, but I love to learn. And the biggest key for me, and I found just this is personally, I'm not, is that often in our frustrations, we need to stop and back up. God will tell me all the time, Kevin, stop. You're spinning. Now come back and look at the big picture. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa. Wait a minute, it's not their problem, it's my problem. It's not really even a problem. It's actually my father saying, Kevin, you said that you wanted to grow in me. You said you wanted more. You cry out and say you're hungry, so I am actually allowing you to learn. Are you willing to learn? And get his perspective. You guys, we're on a journey, which is actually exciting because it's actually reality, and you are actually having a journey with the Father, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's actually what makes Christianity fun. It's not just some, boom, yeah, I'm a Christian, yippee No, it's a relationship. And he wants you to get everything that he deserves. And see, it's his reward that he paid for on the cross. Your healing is his reward, not your reward, his reward. He is the one that is glorified in the miracle. He, when you have favor, it, he's the one being glorified. Because it's Christ in you that's being glorified. He's excited. People, 
You have to be, God actually is excited when you get blessed. But he's also excited when you choose, even though I don't believe he's causing struggles, hear me, but when you walk through it with the right heart and choose to learn, oh my goodness. If you have kids, when you get to watch your kid actually make that step and going, ah, they finally figured out that life is better if they just stop arguing back and forth with their brother. That they actually go, oh, maybe I'm the one that first slapped them over the head. No, for real, right? But it, you have to actually take ownership, and that's how you grow. You stop worrying about everybody else, and you actually start going, oh, oh, God is doing something with me. And quite often, we keep on going around the block and get frustrated. It's because we're not actually choosing to learn. Because he's a good dad. He's going to keep on saying you still didn't get it because I've called you with this huge call and I'm trying to grow you. And i got to get you to the gym for a bit here. And I'm going to use those around you because we love community and we were meant to live in community. And so he's going to use everyone around him and you actually have a choice to grow or not. Or you can just be like, ah, it's everyone's fault. How come it feels like I'm in the same season every time, every time? Because you haven't actually stopped and said, oh, I have something to learn. Well, no, 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 I saw that burning bush, but I'm not stopping. See, that's the difference. Moses stopped. He actually stopped and said, what's going on? And that's where your visitation is. That's where your breakthrough is. Because when you actually stop and say, God, what are you teaching me right now? What are you teaching me? No, 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 not. What are you teaching that? What are you teaching Justin? What are you teaching on him? What are you teaching? No, no, no. What are you teaching me? I'm not in control of their lives. He gave us free will. So if you're struggling, I know we get into things and it's not always our, our situation, but God can make anything good, right? So, the journey of process is, be oh, it be but it begins in the secret place. It begins when you actually ask. I watch people and I, I live it. I try to live it. It's interesting, and it's always easier from the outside to see it. You see people that all of a sudden go, you know what? You see a change in their life, and they're like, they've already been hungry, but they go, I want more. And all of a sudden, they're like this, they're getting up early, they're doing all this stuff, they're pressing in, but it look, then they're like, oh, I just feel like I'm getting hit by every side. I feel like these things aren't going places. But on the outside, I'm going, prophetic, you're looking, oh, my word, you're doing so amazing. You're doing so amazing because God's pruning you right now. Because you've been crying out saying, God, deal with my insecurity. Deal with my issues. And guess what? He does it. But he puts his finger on there in love and says, no, yeah, that's th let's do that. Let's deal with it. You said he wanted to deal with it. But actually, it's an amazing thing to walk through that next step. It's amazing to actually go, oh, and then realize it once you go through it. Oh, it's fun after you go through it. Because like, yes, I learned. I learned. Uh, Jesus. I could read about uh, Paul talking about all the stuff in the hard times, but we don't like that. I'll, I'll read James 1, 2 to 4. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection to every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. 
You know, sometimes, oh, I see this all the time. When God's growing somebody and he uses people around, that's it, I'm done. I'm hurt. The leaders are mean. They did not let me do what I want to do. I had a word and they didn't share it. What do you mean? I knew it was God and they still didn't share it. Oh, seriously. Guess what God's doing maybe. First of all, I want to let you know something up here. We're just trying our best. I don't own the uh, the market on God. We're trying our best in a meeting with a bunch of people and we're trying to say, God, what do you have? What do you want right now? And sometimes you just don't know the circumstances because sometimes your word is dead on. But if I already know the minister is going to preach the same thing, we're going to let that, it's just like, that's awesome. And then what you should be doing while you're sitting there going, oh, that's crazy. I got that. I got that. But guess what? If you have to go tell the next person next to you that you got it, that didn't know you had it before, maybe you still have to learn something. Why our motives are so important. Because maybe that's the same reason I'm not saying anything, but it might be the reason, it could have been the reason, why they didn't let you share it in the first place. But let God process you. Journey, whatever word you want. Mm. <sighs> oh, here it is. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Let joy be your continually feast. Make your life a prayer in the midst of everything. Be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. And tell God, I want to do, we tell God what we want to do, but God is like, I'm not doing that right now. Oh, no, that's not the word. That's my own note. So that's not in the words. That's why I thought it was so good. I'm like, whoa, the Bible's just read like what I wanted to say. <laughs> that's awesome. That's not. Clarify, that's my rendition of something. We tell God what I want to do, but God is like, I'm not doing that right now. God has already discussed that. But teachers, we decide what is being... Oh, Lord. Romans 5, 3 to 4. This is in the Word for sure. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop us in patient endurance. And patience endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. Proven character. You guys, I've shared this before, but for years back in the day when we were running Joel's Army and stuff, we were all very zealous. And so when I would make a team and build a team up, I always would look. I'll be honest, prophetically, find the, the guys that are like fired up. Find the guys or girls that are just like have all the gifts. Like they're, it's all, they're moving, and it was all performance. And then we'd have this team, and it was an hour of power. It was. It was good. We had amazing things happen. But the problem was, every six months, I had to build a new team because they were all screwing up. And then I would do it again. See, I was in process, but I wasn't learning very fast. Because it was easy. I'm like, no, 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 let's grab another one. That's okay. We'll get, we'll. We loved on them. We didn't just throw them off. We just had to process their life a bit. Um, and so, let's leave it at that. And so the problem was is that we just have to keep on building. Not, not everybody that's gifted screws up, so I'm not throwing everybody out of the bathwater here. But all of a sudden, the Lord says, what are you doing? And he pointed to this young guy, and he says, why are you not raising him up? I said, well, he's an awesome guy, Lord. He's incredible. But he just doesn't, he's, he's, he's amazing. Like, literally, his character is impeccable. But he doesn't really move in the sauce. That's how we used to talk of it, eh? sauce. It's true. And so, so then... And the Lord says, Kevin, you could teach anyone to do that stuff. 
You can't teach that. I had to do that. And what, you know what? That was a lot easier. I started using those guys. And even caused some issues for a while because people were like, what are you doing with that guy? <laughs> right? But then watch, six months later, they'll do this stuff. But they did it right. They were doing it not for their own gain. See, we want our life. We want that encounter that changes everything. We're looking for that prophetic word that will just change and you wake up and you're like, I can do it all. So yesterday I was this and tomorrow I'm Benny Hinn. Right? Right? We do. We do that all the time. We're waiting for that. It's interesting. Yeah, I won't get into it, but my own testimony changed huge in one day. Literally, in one moment, changed my life. But I processed with the Lord, and he says, Kevin, it really didn't. Yes, you were totally changed today. But then he goes, what happened before that? What did I do to bring you to that place? What made you end up being in that city at that time in that meeting? There was a process. And guess what? My, I do say my life changed today, but then the process after is where the real change happened. He gave an opportunity. I love it. I'm, I'm into huge. I'm all about, we don't need another message. We need an encounter. I totally believe that because God can encounter. But after that, you do need some messages. Right? It's not one or the other. We're always trying to find one side. We're always jumping to one. We tip the scales. Boom. No, no, we're doing this now. No, we're doing this now. He actually wants to grow us. Did you know that even Jesus grew over time? He grew in favor with God and man. He walked through a journey. And if he had to, what about us? Think about it. It's incredible. Oh, this is good. Oh, yeah. I just got to find the verse that goes with it here. You know the verse? Oh, wow. I thought it was right here. You know the verse that says when you prune our branches? I did have it, you guys. Let's see here. Maybe it's down here. It doesn't matter. But it was interesting when I studied that. You know, it says that he prunes our branches, right? The question is, is do we really want him to? No, do we really want him? We say it. We say a lot of good things. We're on the altar. We're excited. We're Lord, wreck me. Kill me. I'm the, just mess me up so I'm just not even here anymore. And then he starts moving on you, and you're like, oh, Lord, that hurt. What do you mean I have to love that person? I want to go to the nations. It's easier for me to go love the ones in India. No, 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 you actually have to love your neighbor. You might actually have to love somebody. You actually might have to walk out something. No, 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 God, that's the hard way. Just send me across the world. Well, go get a job and go send yourself. No, that's not how God works. Go there. Exactly. It's true. We get on this. We, we're actually, and I love it. God will do that. I love that. He can send people up. But I'm, I'm playing the other side, so hear me. When you preach, you're always kind of swinging, right? And so, swinging like one side, trying to make a point, right? And so, that's the thing, is that so often it's like, yeah, let's just, oh, I want to do a missions trip. Oh, that's easy. Just hand the letters to my family. They'll love it. It's my vacation, and uh, it's paid for. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And yes, God loves to have people give and sow into people, so don't get me wrong. But there's something about actually taking it and saying, I want to do something because God's called me to do something, and I'm willing to actually get up at 6 in the morning to get there. No, it is. And honestly, you'll probably have more people wanting to sow into your ministry when they see you actually doing something. No, I know this stuff. It's all over Facebook. 
Everyone wants money, and then you find out what they're doing all week, and they get to play and have games. I better be careful there. I'm not going to kill some sacred cows there. But uh, no, it's like do something and learn and grow. Oh, Jesus. I got so much good stuff because <laughs> all of the Bible. I really wanted to go through David, but I'm gonna, I'll have to paraphrase a lot. So you got David. I love David. But look at David. We all get excited because David, the man after his own heart, uh, God's own heart. And that's amazing. How did he get there? So we read the stories, and I'm like, wow, David, you're incredible. Your own son basically st- takes your whole kingdom. And you're like, no, it's okay. Don't kill him. Love on him. And we're like, wow, you're a good man. Let me be like David. But how did he get there is the question. No, no, we read these stories. We have to understand there's a huge story before that. Huge. What happens to David? He's literally, we know he's a a shepherd. And he also looks after Saul, which is interesting. I, I just don't have time to read all. It's interesting. It actually says at one point, that, he's doing this, that he plays the harp or whatever for Saul to calm him down, and, and Saul loves him, but he doesn't know his name. So I'll prove that. Because after Goliath, when, when he comes to, uh, to slay Goliath, it says, I'll take Goliath on, it says, what's that, where'd that guy come from? What's his name? Isn't that amazing, eh? So David learned to serve when no one knew his name? No, 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 no. This is the guy that calmed the king. He was just a slave sitting there. He was just there as a part of the furniture. You understand, in the kingship, Saul would have looked at him lowly. He's a nobody. But Dave faithfully served. And he brought the presents. Well, where did the presents come from? We don't 100% know, but we do know he was with, the, the, with being a shepherd. And at some point, he must have said, I'm th- this is totally I'm taking. I believe this. It has to be. He must have said somewhere, God, I'll do anything. I believe in you. I believe in greatness. Something in him. Because what happens when Samuel comes to, I think it's Samuel's first, uh, chapter 16, when he comes to find one of Jesse's kids to be the king, he wasn't invited. He wasn't invited. I don't see in Scripture after that, I'm going, ha, you guys suck, you forgot me. No, for, that's what we do. We're like, you missed out because you know what? I came and then the prophet anointed me. Me. Not you guys. Me. Everyone look. Did you hear the latest word that I got? Did you not know this already? But guess what? He didn't become king that day. He didn't get king at all. He was like, still had to go back to the the sheep and learn. And then when he comes up to be actually, and and it's amazing, he he slays Goliath, but I like that. It actually came up for Ahika there, but it's incredible. David actually had become some character. There had to be character in him to stand up before a king and say, you know what, I can't wear your armor. I can't do it your way. I just can't. And, and, and I'm telling you, you got to go read this because there's so much in there. It actually is so cool what David says, even when he goes up to Goliath, he doesn't come going, I'm David, I'm taking on the giant. He goes, I'm coming for declare God's name. I'm here because I know my father, and he does not deserve to be treated like this. He does not deserve and his reward because he's the king of kings and lord of lords, that I'm going to come and, def- and God's going to use me. Use him. 
I'm a servant. He actually says numerous times afterwards, he, get, he kills Goliath, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Saul wants to give him his daughter. And he says, who am I? You guys, us? We would have been like, we killed the giant. I killed the giant. You should have saw it. The guy had a broken leg. And I prayed, and it healed. Can I have a pulpit, please? Because I'm going to do it again, and again, and again, because I killed the giant. No, he didn't. And the thing was, even though he knew his destiny, he had already had the word of the Lord. It's amazing if you start looking at it through the process of David's life, how cool it was that David stayed humble. And, and, and it's interesting how Saul, at that point Saul had already screwed up and, and the Lord had taken, said he's going to take his kingdom, but it's interesting, he didn't take it then. And it's interesting that Saul got so furious and so scared of David. Because if you read David, there's no reason to. David kept on saying, who, is, who am I? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you. And it's actually Saul chose to be scared of losing his position. This is for all of us too. Saul had a position ordained by God. If you, we, we beat up Saul a lot, but he actually was picked by God. He screwed up. But it's interesting, you go read in Hebrews chapter 12, the, the faith chapter, it's, or is it 11? 11, chapter 11. It's interesting that he changed all their destinies. Did Saul, I'm curious, just curious, could Saul have changed his destiny? Not that David wouldn't have ended up being king, but could he have, done, could he have gone out well? Because he kept on getting opportunity. Because at some point, actually, you read, and Saul loved David for a while there. But then all of a sudden, he heard the whispers. Oh, David's rising. David's killing more people. He had a choice, because David was killing, if you read, David was killing them for Saul. He was killing them for Saul. So don't be a Saul and be start worrying about people around you rising up. Get excited. Because if you know what you're called to, you can't be stopped. Except if you start chasing another way. If you start chasing, being confused and getting all excited about what could happen to you and you're going to lose your position because as soon as you start worrying about your position, God might have to actually bring you around the block again and teach you that position doesn't mean as much as you think it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. 11.51. And so God, (laughs) oh, man, because I just love David's life because you walk through it. And he's being chased. And then David, I just love this, twice he has an opportunity to kill Saul. You guys, he is, the, 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 his calling is right in front of him. It's like right there. He can have it right there. Man, imagine you're the guy that just killed him. You, you know, fast track to be kingship, even though you already are anointed to be king? But that was his fastest route right there, to kill him. It's the fastest way. But he knew something higher. Why? He had to have known because he spent time with the Father. He also spent time learning. There's a whole part of David's life where he actually became a leader of all the wackos. All the guys that have fled. All the troublemakers. Some of you just need to go raise up some people that are not easy to raise up and you're going to grow really fast. No, it's true. David had to learn. We all know the story with, when, the, when the, um, the Malachites, was it, that took on David? Literally, he lost everything. They took him, and he chose something. It's a whole message. In it. He chose to stir himself up in the Lord. But where did he choose? Where did he learn? We read these verses, but we don't realize he had to learn in the hard times. He had to learn and actually have a relationship with Jesus, with the Father, and actually start understanding 
who he was and who he is. Who he is, whatever. That's right. But he had, it didn't just start there. We, so often, and this is what I'm trying to get across, is so often we think and we watch people and we, and we compare ourselves. It's just, just, don't, just don't, don't do that because you're not going to ever look the same. But we compare ourselves and we're trying to take their journey. Your journey is not their journey. David looks different than Joseph. You want to talk about process? Look at these people. How did you get a Joseph that when his own brothers show up so that they can live, because people were dying in a famine, and he had the very ability to save these people that sold him. They sold him. What brought him to a place that he could actually say, no, I'm here because God set me up. No matter what that looked like, I'm here so that I could save them. Because I step back and say, I was here for the whole generation. And I forgive my brothers. But we have to realize he didn't just get there that day. I'm telling you, I really would be surprised is if a week after he got saved, uh, saved uh, got sold, I bet you he would have had a different response when his brothers showed up. Right? But we actually have to realize that, that we're in a journey and stop beating yourself up when you're growing. Because you're actually, if you step back and actually say, God, what are you doing right now? What am I learning? I don't want to go around the block again. So do it, Lord. As much as it may hurt, let's just, just actually show me what you want to teach me. Oh, God, you're so good. We're going to jump because I'm going to wind up here. Again, we got to create our own history, not somebody else's history with God. Your own history. It is amazing. I love listening to old revivals. I love listening to people that have gone places, and, and it just stirs me up. But don't try to copy it. We used to be part of something, and everyone, because of a testimony, thought they were going to just soak for three months, and their whole life would change. Because that's what that ministry had done. When I say soak, just wait on the Lord for three months. Which your life will change. But most of you got to go to work during the day. And it's awesome if God opens an opportunity for that. He opens up an opportunity. Again, that's part of it where a lot of people just quit their jobs and didn't do anything. And then three months later, they may have had a lot of God but no resources. And then they'd be mad because everyone was frustrated around them because they didn't do anything. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's interesting because when you spend time with Jesus, we do become confident. But there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is aimed at what can I give to something. You can be confident. You're there because you want to bring heaven to earth. Arrogance is, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this? No, we're, we're, we're a confident group in here, right? It's a lot better if you actually let other people raise you up, if they actually let other people position you, because then you don't have to fight for it. When you create your own raising up or whatever you want to call it, elevation, you've got to fight for that. Stay low. Like anyone know Heidi Baker? She just teaches us stay low. Stay hidden. One of my favorite things of watching, we, we've done the Bethel School here. It's incredible. And Bill Johnson, these are older DVDs. And, and we brag a lot about Bethel. Bethel Redding, just that you know. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. We love Pastor Bill. But what he, it's so cool to watch him. He gets up in front of his school. At that time, I think it was like 100 some people. Now they have 2,000. Um, he literally gets up and says, I want to share some cool things happening in the city. He's talking to the students. But I just want to let you know, I don't want you to share it to anyone else. And then he goes into this whole thing. He goes, you got to stay hidden. 
Because the longer we stay, we stay hidden. The faster, the, the, the better we can be, stay protected. And God can grow us. But the problem is, is we, we, we're taught by society, no, no, if you do anything, let everyone know on Instagram. And I don't want to, if you do it, that's fine. Like, I'm not trying to beat anyone up because we're excited and it's good. But it's like we have to promote ourselves all the time. It's interesting because let God promote you. Then you don't have to fight for it. Ah, yeah. I think we're going to wind down. But just don't compare yourselves to each other, guys. It just doesn't work. Because first of all, some of these people you're looking at trying to get there, you have no idea the price they paid. You have no idea. It may look good. They may even be look. oh, they look at they're so blessed. Look at their, look what their ministry can do. Or look what so-and-so does in business because they're just, but find out their story. Sit down and find out some of these guys' story. You'll find out that what you're seeing, because you didn't know them even five years ago, they might have had nothing. They might have. You, you, you surprise some of these stories because they chose to go through it when it wasn't easy. That's one of the biggest things. When it's not easy, you keep moving forward. You still say, if God's in it. God, are you in this? Are you asking me to continue moving forward? Is this where you want me? Yes, it is. Get counsel. And if, it's, if it is, trust me, it's going to get better because all things work out for the good of those who love him. But let him teach you. Because sometimes, you want to be a great business person, sometimes you have to go through some hard times to learn. Like Paul says, I can live in lack. I can make it even though things aren't making it. Making under, make, even having understanding to it and saying, no, I trust you, God. It's interesting. Will has shared a verse, incredible verse. Test me in this. I can tell you right now, most likely, when you start giving and tithing and, and even do it properly and actually give God your first, you know what? Probably at the first moment, it will be hard. Things may not work the way you think it will. Just keep trying it and you'll see. Again, because he's not a genie. Don't read this Bible going, what can I get out of it? Well, <laughs> no, I do believe that. Don't, what can I, how can it teach me to worship him better? Like Brent says, a lifestyle of a worshiper. It's not just being up here. It's worshiping him. Worship him because he is all-powerful, all-worthy. So, be on a journey, you guys. We're going to grow. I know it's not the easiest sometimes hearing that. But that's the truth. If you want to grow, let him grow you. Let him water you. So let's uh, see what God wants to do. Lord, prune our branches. <laughs> prune. Our, yeah, you guys want to bring that? Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to get them to play a song here. We're going to wind up. I just, uh, I just want to, Lord, we just pray. You guys want to stand, actually. Let's just stand. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you would open our eyes to see where we're at. And we don't look to the left or to the right. We say, Lord, where are we at? Where are you bringing me today? Not the person beside you. Not, not the, your spouse that supposedly needs to be fixed so that you can grow. Come on. Not those, anyone in leadership or your, even your boss at work. Well, if you fix them, my life will just get easier. Why don't you open their eyes? No, no, no. Joseph became the best wherever he was. He became the best in prison. 
He gave me the best at Potter's house. That's where his promotion came, when he was serving. So, Lord, we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, right now. I thank you, Lord God, that you are promoting people even now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even as we were ministering today, Lord, Holy Spirit, you were showing people even where they're at today. And, Lord, we say we're grateful that you actually care about our lives. We're just not wandering around. Fruitless, Lord God, we actually want fruit. So, Lord, prune those branches. Prune those branches. Some of you, I don't know if you've ever known much about pruning an apple tree. Even after you prune it down in in the early spring um, or fall, fruit starts coming. You'll see on an apple tree. On a good apple tree, you also have like eight little apples all together. It's called thinning. And you know what? You take six of those out. Go check it out. You take six of the eight out. Why? Because there's no room for them to grow. Or else you just have a bunch of small apples. So Lord, we want big apples. We want real good fruit, God. And so, Lord God, we just pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will be done in this room, Lord Jesus. We're going we're gonna to sing that, actually. We're going to sing about his kingdom today. And as we do right now, I just pray right now, Lord God, I just feel like God wants to, he does, he likes to demonstrate. So, Lord God, let your miracles start to take place. There's been words today about miracles. And it's quite often, if, again, we do like to learn from others, but I've, I've studied and I've seen what the best way to get off, get a, to get your miracle is to get your eyes off of just yourself. <laughs> Especially other people. And just say, Jesus, I love you. Let your kingdom come in my life. I see right now there's breakthrough in people's lives right now. There is. Specifically, even I just saw some, um, something with their job right now. Jesus, let that breakthrough come. Lord, right now I pray for those with kidney problems right now. Right now, I thank you, Lord, you're healing kidneys right now. Lord Jesus, Lord, specifically eyes. If you have, if you have an eye problem, even if you have, I need glasses, or just try to put your hands over your eyes right now. I feel something. Put your hands over your eyes right now. Lord, we just declare your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord Jesus, over their eyes, Lord God. Supernatural laser surgery or whatever, God. Lord God, right now, Jesus, Lord God, let it come. Lord Jesus, you like to even touch us in the practical ways, Lord God. Lord God, right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that your kingdom is here. And your breakthrough is here right now, Lord God. Lord God, with sons and daughters, bring them home. Bring them home. We'll open up the ask the ministry to come up here, but if you don't even want to come up and say, Lord, I just want to embrace the process again. I'm tired of running the other way. I'm tired of fighting the teacher. Just tell him, Lord, I want to talk to you. I'm not going to try to just control everything. 